The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host, Ed Lucy, and my guest is Michael Goldman. Although not a lo local resident any longer, he still has Malden in his thoughts all the time. In the blood. Runs through the blood. In the blood. And um, for those of you who do not recall the name Carmack the Magnificent. Yes, thank you. Um, that's jo that's Carson spelled backwards, and uh, when he did his TV show, he used to, uh, on occasion, have a, a turban on his head and sealed envelopes, and with the envelopes, he'd tap them to his turban and make predictions. So, in addition to uh, some of our observations about the upcoming election next week, I thought we'd make some predictions. If we're wrong, we'll call them observations. That's correct. Uh, that's and, a fair uh, way to go. And to start off with, for, for the Malden residents, you better check, if you didn't vote in the primary, make sure your voting site is the same as it had been in previous years. No wards no were changed, but some, there were some precinct adjustments, and the result is you may still be in Ward 3 or Ward 4 or whatever, but you may not necessarily vote in the same location as you did previously. And for some it's an advantage, for others it's a disadvantage. Just a quick example, my residency is on Daniel Street, and the next three streets over for me is uh, Bryan Street, and that's where Suffolk Manor is located. Correct. And I voted there for a number of elections as long as I've lived on Daniel Street. And now, when the primary came up this year, I had to go to the Salem Ward. It's still interesting, but it's it, it's a change of precinct. So, uh, in next week, the, the weather's great through the weekend, but sometimes when you get to November, the you won't have the same kind of. Uh, seasonal warmth that you had in, in, in September, and the result is November is kind of cold, so you want to make sure you go to the right place to vote. Plus the uh, the uh, hours are going to change, so it gets darker earlier. So, so it does. This weekend, as a matter yep, of fact, coming yep. up. Uh, next weekend. I always hated that. I always thought they should wait till after elections to do it, give them another hour of uh, light. But that's just me. What do yeah, I know? Yeah, well, I thought they should wait till the next year. Uh, well, you know, it's one of the things, uh, an old as we talk about old things, um, Ed Markey has always been this proponent for ending uh, daylight savings time. That's always been one of his things. And uh, and uh, it's really become a bigger and bigger issue. And, and it may very well be a time when we finally stop. I mean, again, the reason we had it, as you well know, <clears throat> as a former public official, you know, it was war to But it was also because... Uh, Suffolk Square, where you live, uh, you talked about uh, Daniel Street and Bryan Street, that was all farmland, as was most of Malden. And so people got up early to milk the cows and kids going to school. And so, you know, the idea of picking up an extra hour of light made some sense. But no one's milking cows anymore in Malden or virtually anywhere else. And the whole idea that you would... You know, you know, go back and forth. Um, a number of states across the country have really made the decision not to do it. And quite frankly, um, you know, I for one think that the that the decision to do it in the morning is not as good as the, you know at night. You know, people need the extra light because they're coming home from work. Well, beyond any of that, there's certain areas in the in the country. I think Indiana, for one, doesn't right. Never had it, or if they did, they didn't keep never it. Never had it. Yeah. Never had it. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And also, you know, you can go to, you're talking about going two blocks over to vote. You could go two streets over to a different state and be in a different time zone. You right. know, as That's you know, true. I did presidential elections, and 
we didn't have to deal with it really till the end. Uh, but still, it it's you know it's a it's it was a good idea at a time, but it's simply lost its its value, I think. But what do I know? Uh, well, uh, as I sit here and you you're making that comment, you think about next week. It's it's the uh, it's the changeover is this coming weekend. And all of a sudden, it's, it gets dark at six o'clock now. And next thing you know, next week, week it'll be dark at uh, before five o'clock. And it goes down. And it goes down until uh, December, and then it starts going back up right. again. Right, and, and it gets to ten minutes past four. It gets dark, Especially, and that's crazy. Yeah. In 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 twenty twenty two to to be doing that yeah. silliness, but yeah, and and and, and you know that may. Um, the attitudes, people coming home, and, and all of a sudden you have to look out the window, and it's a, it's a week from Tuesday's not so good, and the weather, ah, so I'll stay home. It won't matter anyway. There you go. There but, you go. Um, we do have that anyway. election coming up next Tuesday, and uh, um, I mentioned about the uh, change in precincts. So, but the other thing is that uh, we've now settled, for the most part, on um, the candidates of choice, both whether it be Democratic or Republican. And I, I got a copy of the ballot. And as I was looking at it, I'm surprised to see in some instances you have more than two choices. Oh, really? Are they, are they green candidates or, or well, they're libertarian. Libertarian. One here, state auditor, which is one that might be more most interesting because um, that's um, the only race that's really Democrat, still competitive. It, Workers Party and Libertarian, and of course Republican. Um, um, it, a lot of the races are foregone conclusions, and the, the focus and the efforts were directed at the. Um, the primary because uh, the state is still a strong democratic state in terms of elected electing people to public office, and, it, and once you win a primary, you're almost uh, home free after that, uh, with few exceptions. The and Boston was, Globe didn't even endorse, except for uh, they endorsed for governor simply because there's a there's a race, even though it's. Uh, uh, there aren't 15 percent of the people in the state who could tell you who, who's running against Maura Healy, and it's probably 50 percent of the people who don't know Maura Healy's running, and she's right. the she's the favorite. The the one race that's interesting at is the auditors' race, which I hope we'll talk about because I saw that yesterday. Yeah, and they actually the Globe endorsed a Republican, right? Which you know, since they hadn't endorsed a single Republican in any of the primaries, so it, it you know I think that they felt like. Uh, they didn't say anything bad about the Democrat. They just basically said, "Well, maybe we should have a little bit of balance now that uh, Baker's going." Yeah, I in fact, um, I, I'm a little confused on that because uh, Charlie Baker himself only endorsed one Republican. Correct, the auditor candidate, and that's the auditor. Now, there was uh, there's there's another candidate who's in statewide office, or maybe it's the same candidate, and it's it's surfaced just. Recently, that he's had some past issues with the, uh, violence or domestic violence. That right. is the same guy. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. That's what but I it turns out it was a very weird story that the Globe addressed. Right. Uh, I think I'm glad you brought it up, just because people, um, uh, uh, the Republican candidate uh, had a tough divorce, as people sometimes do, and his wife made. Uh, uh, some accusations, which the police responded to at the time, and then either because they weren't as she described it, or because he had some a good lawyer, uh, they uh, removed the um, uh, the charges from him um, and said that they weren't. They, they lifted protective order. Right. They said yeah. it, there was not enough evidence. Now, what's interesting about it is. That seemed to be very good for him, uh, the person the Globe endorsed, uh, and I apologize, it's Amare. Amare is it? Yes. It's Amare. Um, but the daughter, his daughter, basically came out and said, wait a minute, hold, you know, and it's not, uh, interestingly enough, it's not nearly on the level, but in a weird way, it's very similar to the Georgia situation with Herschel Watcher, where the son said, not only didn't he care about the kids that he had out of wedlock, but he didn't care about us. He didn't care about any of his kids. And he talks about being a family man. And a good so kids can often have an impact on how people perceive who's right or wrong in those domestic violence situations. Um, but the Globe clearly decided, even though the daughter made the statement that she made, that, that they were going with... Um, with uh, the Republican and uh, and uh, Baker's choice, so it is a it's it's, it's fast. I'm glad you brought it up, and it's uh, it's the only real race. We'll go through all of them, but it's the only real race 
in which a Republican even has a remote chance of winning, and he's down by, you know, 15, 18 points, but she's not at 50 percent, and that's the key. Once you get to 50.1, it's very hard to get somebody back yeah. again. Yeah. So she's about 42. He's uh, he's about 42. I'm sorry. She is about 42 or 43. Desoglia is her name. And uh, uh, he's got a long way to go, but, you know. Um, well, that, that that first of all, that when, uh, maybe to identify more the, the, the uh, Democrats, she's a state senator from Methuen. Correct. And actually, uh, she she won the primary, even though she, she had the ador- she did not have the endorsement of the convention, which surprised me. I didn't think um, a, a lot of times people that are at the level of state reps or, or state senators, they're not not only not well known, but collectively the groups doesn't have a high positive attitude among right. the people who right. vote, especially primary voters. Ne- neither of the state senators, if you remember, the person who was running for lieutenant governor against Kim Driscoll came in, didn't win the, the convention either. Right. Um, uh, came in third, actually, uh, at the convention. So you're right. That is an unusual thing. You know, uh, Diane DeSagli has got an interesting backstory, too. She got a little bit mucked up, um, you know. Both sides do what they got to do in politics; it's a tough business. And uh, she got caught up in the fact that uh, she belonged to uh, a uh, religious group, which was an anti-gay, religious, very right-wing religious group. And um, as she said, "That was my parents, not me." Uh, you know, that's not how I feel. And and she showed her votes when she voted pro. You know, gay rights, but you know, again, both sides did a little bit of uh, of uh, tough politics. Well, and the other thing too, in my own mind, uh, when someone chooses to run at a statewide office, well, let's say the uh, the treasurer's office or the um, auditor, um, never mind the governor, but that uh, they have a connection to a lot of the people that they serve with, uh, from the particularly from the same party, and maybe in, they're a success maybe resulted to some degree by the support they might have been able to generate from the colleagues that they serve with in government. And so when they come in office uh, at the state level, they end up having those intangible obligations, let's say. Right. And Her- therefore, if you have an opponent, and in this case <coughs> on the surface, the opponent um, looks credible. The, 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 yep. This is the Republican. American, and yeah. and you might say, well, maybe you'd be better off to have someone watching the checkbook. At least checkbook. one, right, one, one party. It's always, listen, you and I both know when you, and I tell the story, in, in 1966, uh, when you take a look, we had, in, in 1966, we had um, um, 12 congressmen. We now have nine. Six were Republican and six were Democrat. We have nine now, nine Democrats. In the Massachusetts legislature, interestingly enough, that was still the old 240 House, which you know well. Um, And uh, there were about 131 Republicans, 130 Republicans. Now, it was under 30 easily. And in the Senate, it was uh, 40 senators and uh, 21 were Democrats and 19 were Republican in 1966. And then for statewide office, again, for those of you who are old enough to remember, um, uh, the governor was a Republican, was Volpe, and his lieutenant governor, interestingly enough, was... Volati? Uh, uh, no, was... Uh, no, no. Yeah, his, his... Volpe's was uh, Frank Sargent in 66, that was the year that Frank Sargent ran with oh, Frank him. Frank Sargent, okay. Right. And then the uh, the uh, Secretary of State was a Democrat, and the Treasurer was a Democrat, um, uh, Crane, and Thaddeus Butchko was the auditor, but the Attorney General was a Republican. Was uh, Elliot Richardson was the So three three of the three of the state office holders were Republican, three Democrats. Now, as you point out, the auditor it, most people don't know who the current auditor is, let alone who's running for auditor. Uh, it's pretty low in the food chain. What the Republicans have done so well at, as you know, is they've won the governor's race for the very reason you say. People said, you know, we need somebody to watch the, the, the chickens in the chicken coop. And so you had uh, Weld, Salucci, very briefly Swift, Romney, 
Then you had Patrick in there, and then suddenly you were back with Baker Baker. So literally, um, for 30 years, we've had you know one term of a Democrat since Michael left in 1990. And that 40 uh, state senators is now down to three Republicans. Three. There were five, I think, at the at the start of the term two years ago. And two are and gone. Two of them went into the private sector or and, wherever. And it's, it's funny. There's an old Jewish joke about you put two Jews on a desert island. In six weeks, you'll have 11 synagogues because they can't get along. <laughs> and that's what you were talking about, about uh, – about the, the Republican governor of Massachusetts did not endorse anyone but one Republican who was running uh, because he's been at war with the Republican state party and its chair. Uh, they hate each other, and uh, that's great for the Democrats. I'm not sure, so sure it's good for the public, but it's been great for the Democrats. Yeah. Well, whatever chances that uh, – uh, what threw me off a little bit when I, when I saw the endorsement by the Globe and – and to reconcile that with Charlie Baker's endorsement, because I thought the candidate he endorsed was from Swampscott. And he it, is. It, well, but now he's living in Winchester. Amori lives in Winchester? Yeah, yes. That's oh, interesting. No, no, I, I always thought he lived in Swampscott or Marble. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the... Um, what does it say? Let me see... Yeah, he lives in yeah, he lives in Winchester. Isn't that interesting? If you had said to me where did he live, I would have said Swampscott and Marblehead. Yeah, and and that's throwing me off because they said the one that and I'm thinking about <laughs> yep. Baker endorsing him. I said, gee, he, he's a he's a must be a, someone a similar name, no, but lived no, in Swampscott. No. But it's but, an interesting thing. You know the guy, you know what the guy does is he is the uh, the security guy for the guy the museum. Guy the museum, and of course. The well, Democrats have tried to say he did such a good job, yeah. they stole the painting. But I don't uh, think he was there then. No, he wasn't, but he, he, <laughs> it's, it's just it's very funny that that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They never did find the paintings, and they, they didn't. they're not no, going to find didn't. out from uh, Whitey, Whitey Bulger. Bulger anymore. Yeah, right, right. But, but I think what little chance he may have had of winning, and I don't think he would might have won anyway, in spite of... Uh, the unknown quality of the of the state senator from Methuen as the Democrat and him getting the endorsement of the governor, I think the very fact that you might give him the benefit of the doubt when there's a marital issue and then there's a problem, but when the daughter backed up the mother to great degree, I think the credibility for, might be there. Right, so for anyone paying attention, and, and this is what's interesting nobody about reads your the paper. Nobody buys or reads the nobody paper. Pe uh, you know, except it, you. Except me. <laughs> I, I, I buy, I get it delivered to my house, and I buy one. I'm a two-globe person. I'm the only one in the state left. Well, you yeah, that's... But <laughs> you know what? I, I, amazingly, for easily 50 years, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't buy the Globe and the Herald. 50 years. It's an amazing thing when you think about it. It's yeah. Seven days a week you get the paper. And I literally have stopped reading the Herald because, the, you know, literally it's it's owned by an out-of-state company and, all, you know, there's there's one or two good things in there and otherwise the, the paper's empty. It's not even, you know, it's sad. I want... If you got a poison you know, pen. <laughs> you know, Howie and, and Peter Lucas still writes for them and they have a couple of very, very fine young writers, reporters. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's four bucks, four and a half bucks. Who can afford 450 yeah. for something that's no yeah. longer... I mean, they used to have a great sports section, fabulous sports section. In they the did, except for the, except for the colonel. Yeah, well, that's a <laughs> that's a long time ago. You're talking about the old uh, yeah, when it was the advertiser. A bit of uh, a bit of trivia. If I uh, mentioned uh, that name, his name is Egan. He that's was the right. uh, yeah. the writer for the Globe, and he had a personal feud with Ted Williams, Dave which Egan. wasn't unusual. And the year I think that uh, Ted Williams won the batting crown or, or batted four oh six or whatever. Right. He lost the MVP by one vote, and you have ten choices to put on the slate when you pick a, uh, your best, uh, the best. And uh, he Good didn't give trivia. he didn't give one vote. Not even a vote. <laughs> not even tenth place on the list. With <laughs> but I'll tell you the other part of that was is that is that um, um, my favorite thing is when you were a kid, <clears throat> you would come home from school and the Red Sox would play a lot of day games. They didn't, you know, because. You know, people still, particularly older people, went to the ball game. It was game. a daylight game. It was a day game <coughs> profession. Exactly. And uh, and in the seventh inning, the record American would come out with an, with an addition with the score for the fifth inning. You know, so you could, how are the Red Sox doing in the fifth? Oh, in the fifth inning, they're leading by two. I mean, it was really quite funny that, 
you know, now we've we've gone to a thing now where everybody tweets and twitters and uh, whatever happened. You can't even you can see almost every story in the globe today online yesterday. Yeah, and um, the thing with the getting back to the Herald, uh, the Boston American, or whatever uh, the uh, the thing was they they had a late edition. And the people would buy it not only for the box scores, but you, you'd get the winning lottery, lottery number. number. Of course, well, that's a different story. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So, the, uh, um, but anyway, going back to uh, let's uh, talking about the race. <clears throat> it's kind of sad in Massachusetts. I think the turnout's going to be abysmal, uh, in part because um, everybody knows what the results are. I mean, I mean, again, I with respect, I. I saw a poll in which um, 12% of the people could name the Republican candidate running against uh, Maura Healy. Uh, nobody knows who the lieutenant governor candidate for the, can, do you even know what the, without looking at the thing, do you know the name of the lieutenant governor candidate for the Republicans? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Secretary of State, um, she got involved in some craziness. She, she went and she went on the Steve Bannon show, uh, the uh, Trump's old guy, Raised twenty thousand uh, bucks by going super right wing crazy stuff, and um, she put a, a spot up. She took the, the twenty thousand she raised nationally. People sent the money, <clears throat> and and uh, for the first time ever, the station ran the spot, but with a caveat at the start of it saying we're not responsible for the information in this ad it was so crazy it was yeah. like and and uh, and uh, bill galvin who of course was her opponent wouldn't debate her and was taking a small amount of heat from the boston globe for not debating her and when she came up with the crazy ad he very humorously said now do you understand why i didn't debate her because she's crazy and uh, but her name is the same name as the woman running for attorney general, the the very good Democratic candidate Andrea Campbell, and her name is I think Raya Campbell. Um, and somebody said, uh, "Do you think there'll be confusion?" I said, "Nobody knows <laughs> who she is." She's, you know. So well, one of the striking things, and you start <clears throat> thinking back at one time, um, this. Governor of Massachusetts and the lieutenant governor ran independently of they each did. other. They did. And they had occasions years ago where there was a, a Democratic governor and a Republican lieutenant governor. Correct. A number of times that happened. And, and the, ultimately what they did <coughs> was they ended up joining them as a team as they do at the national level. And so uh, in the primary, I think this year for lieutenant governor, there were four people running most of whom had a local recognition issue, right? Not and 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 uh, the person that was nominated at the convention again did not become the nomination yeah, after right. the election, and so you had Kim Driscoll, who was the um, mayor of Brockton, no Salem, sorry, Salem excuse Salem. me, and uh, she, now she's going to go from being the mayor of Salem to lieutenant governor and. Uh, the lieutenant governor is a heartbeat away, and you know things happen in, in, in life that are unexpected, whether they're personal or physical or whatever. And I have nothing that's I don't say that for any intent of, of negating the, the the governor's nominee from the Democrat. But she's that close to being the governor by a heartbeat, and therefore you'd be a, a kind of an ironic development in politics to someone that had a limited recognition element. Potentially, within it might be a, a prospective candidate for governor in four years at least, even well, if, the, if she's sitting in the lieutenant and the, and for whatever reason the vacancy occurs, she'd have an inside track. Well, this instant here, the lieutenant governor who was the nominee for, uh, with uh, the current governor Baker, she chose not even to run in the primaries. Right. Where I, I would gather that <clears throat> even the people who are watching the show. Could not off the top of the head tell you what the name of the eight-year lieutenant governor is. And it reminds me of a joke that Tommy O'Neill, who's a former lieutenant governor, used to tell the son of Tip O'Neill, famous Speaker of the House. And he, would, he, he, he stole the joke, which was a woman had two sons. One went to sea and one became Massachusetts lieutenant governor and never were they heard of again. I think that was used by somebody who was vice president too. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, that's what it was originally. But I want to, I want to, I want to say something interesting. Uh, you know, just to not only are you correct about the fact that uh, about a Republican 
lieutenant governor, Democratic governor, and a Republican governor, Democratic lieutenant governor. But you alluded to it earlier in 1962, a guy named Endicott Peabody pulled an upset and beat the sitting governor, a guy named John Volpe. So Volpe won in 1960. In those years, there were two two year terms. So in 62, he ran for re-election against a guy named Endicott Peabody, whose famous his family was uh, famous because they were original family. And the, the joke was that they named two towns in Massachusetts, Endicott Peabody. And of course, they said, no, it was... Peabody, uh, Peabody Marblehead. Yeah, Marblehead. Yeah, you know, but I've told that joke a lot, uh, and no uh, one gets it. They no, sit there with a blank look uh, on their it's face. Funny. <laughs> but but uh, his lieutenant governor was a guy named Frank Bellotti. And in 1964, to everyone's surprise, Frank Bellotti ran as lieutenant governor against his governor and won the primary. And, of course, the PUD people were so upset about the lieutenant governor running against the governor that they ended up voting for Volpe again. Volpe became the governor in 60, so he was governor in 60, 62 he lost, 64 he won, 66 he won. <clears throat> the first four-year term, and then in '69 he was named Secretary of Transportation by Richard Nixon. And people would tend to vote for Republicans, Republicans because they're tight with us. The dollar, with dollar, and and when he was Bobby was governor, we implemented the sales tax. And he's from Malton originally. Yeah, Edgeworth. Edgeworth, absolutely. Uh, I think he, he ran for school committee and lost them all at one time. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, That's I'll funny. That's Check funny. with Peter Levine they're locally to see a he bit of trivia. Yeah, but it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, um, that's the state election slate, and uh, at the lo- at the local level, um, for the most part, um, we only have one contested seat, which is a, sk- a little bit of a surprise in one way. Uh, we, we, Marlin is divided up because of the size of the uh, of the population. Th- it actually, it's covered by three three different people. Uh, Melrose Rep has one precinct, right. which is. F- uh, Forestdale five two, and then you have uh, Paul Donato from Medford has cool. a third of his district is 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 Ward one and Ward part of Ward seven, and um, he's running out of polls. Although he only won the primary by about fifty votes, really, who big surprise? Uh, wow, and I did not the, know that. Interesting. Yeah, and the third candidate um, is um, let me think of the Melrose person. Oh, Paul Donato, and you get them all in. Yeah, right. Steve Altrino. S- Steve. So he's running. They're all running on a post. But th- I didn't realize that that race was so close because we I haven't seen you since the primary. So uh, was it was it a was it a Malden person or was it no, a no? Well, it was a Malden Medford? person. But it, 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 it was kind of interesting. <clears throat> uh, two years ago, Paul uh, ran against the same person and um, uh, won by, by a couple of hundred votes, but lost the precincts in Malden that he that. Um, he represented. You say, well, as local candidate, and yep. maybe that makes a difference. And so he won by a couple hundred votes. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe because what appeared to be on the surface an easy re-election, or for whatever reason, maybe he didn't work as hard. So two years later, she's running again against them. In the meantime, she ran for a school committee uh, last year locally. And, and prior to that time, before she ran for state rep, she had run. She had run. Um, Alderman or City Council in Ward Seven. She didn't win that one. There was a vacant seat in uh, in Ward Seven for School Committee this current election, and she ran and didn't win that. And it wasn't that close. Wow. And so now the next year comes along <coughs> and she's running against Paul, and she actually um, tally at the um, uh, at the end of the night was like a sixty-two point vote margin for Paul, but then there were some late-counted votes because of the absentee votes. They still count them for a couple of days afterwards or whatever, and she gained the 12 votes, so she, I think she final tallied, which she lost by 50 votes, and and she lost one precinct, I think, in Malden, where she might have won that, but they again, they split them up a little differently this time because of the population change, but it, it was rather surprising to me that Paul, who on the surface um, had a lot of reasons for being popular, and the only um, you never know. You know, it's a no, great thing about politics. Longevity may be a disadvantage, and, right. and the changing, a changing population within both Malden and uh, and, and Medford. But and, in any and event, as you well know, you know the you know when you run uh, a number of times, people say, "Well, you know, I, I recognize that," and they may not know a lot about the person, yeah. but they recognize the name, yeah. and they say, "Well, gee, they're running again, so yeah. give them a shot." Yeah, I asked uh, a couple of people, and they. 
uh, and, and politically t- tuned in. And, and uh, one of them reminded me that years ago, Paul had a stand on uh, the abortion issue that's different from what his stand is currently. And I said, that I can't imagine why years and years later that would oh. make much of a factor. But we do have one contested election, which is for state senator. And Jason Lewis, who is from Winchester, right. Um, he won a very contested election when he first ran for state senator. And uh, Winchester the, isn't the biggest city in the in that district. And that, that Winchester is not the no. Big. And as a matter of fact, the interesting thing was that that was uh, he only uh, the, the senatorial district only had half the city of uh, the town of wow. Winchester. He didn't even wow. have the whole town of Winchester, which is, was his residence, and he was a rep from that area, and so he had, or he didn't have his whole district, and. Um, there was a third. There was a Marlin candidate in the race. There was, a, and, and maybe in, in, it maybe was helpful to um, um, Jason. That there was a, a Wakefield candidate, and so and that's part of the district. And so, Marlin candidate ca- carried Marlin, but didn't do well elsewhere. They went, went Wakefield ca- did well in Wakefield, not, and Jason had a strong base in, even in Marlin. And uh, he, is he, Melrose he, in that district still too? Who? Is Melrose in that state senate district? It too? is. It is. And, wow. Red- and Reading is part. Of and the, Reading. Yeah. So, so Jason um, ran, a, you know, aggressive race, but he had the broader support than than he than normally would expect for someone that only had half the town where he lived against. Absolutely. Uh, it's normally thought of as a Malden district, but there was uh, obviously reason for whatever that people made their choices, and they didn't it didn't include the, the the person from Malden who was a state rep. It was now. Anyway, so so Jason has an opponent this year, and it's um, it's a selectman, I believe, from uh, Wakefield. A Republican? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, but I don't think the, um, uh, all things considered, that's a race that's going to be make any difference. And I think ultimately, what you're looking at is um, a complete sweep for the Democrats by the end of the the, 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 the tally, and, and at least at the at the Mass Massachusetts level. And um, and again, you know, we can't leave out the division within the Republican Party over those people who are traditional um, uh, Weld slash Romney slash Baker Republicans and the party that exists now with uh, uh, the Trump uh, Trumpists. And, yeah. and the, you know, the question really becomes, are we really looking at when we finish this cycle, uh, depending on what happens, the possibility, at least, that um, there'll be a new division of parties where um, it becomes more ideological. So let's say you're a moderate conservative Democrat and you're a moderate conservative Republican. You form together as one new party, essentially, whatever you call yourselves, and the Democrats you know, run to the left and the the hot bar Republicans run to the right and you have this sort of centrist possibility. That's not easy to do, but, you know, you wonder, again, we'll know a lot more after 2024 whether Trumpism, if you will, um, is here to stay and, you know, where do the Republicans go who don't believe in that? Yeah. You know? Well, I'd like to touch on that a little bit later on. But in the meantime, just to wrap up the part about the local at the local level, this uh, which four is a state questions. issue. There's four questions on the on the ballot. The, the vote. This is very like Passover. Four questions. Yeah, very very confusing. But one that's kind of interesting is that uh, um, ballot one. Not only ballot one, but when you when you look at the, all of the questions, to some degree, have, have, have uh, got a huge amount of money being spent by both sides. And it's, it's a little bit like in the last uh, ch- uh, election, we had a choice of uh, a plastic being uh, added as a as a to discourage uh, people just throwing them away, which they, they see them littered the streets or so, uh, drinking bottles of water, to start charging um, five cents deposits like they do in some other th- things for recycling reasons. And the people that were most affected, other than the people who had to buy the bottles of water and pay the fee and get it back later on as a credit, were the, were the, were the stores that sold the product. And uh, they spent the t- supermarket spent a ton of money, and then they're defeating it. And I think most because it maybe would be an in, in indication people didn't want to bother with paying the five cents and then getting it back, and the result was right. it, it lost. But this time, question alone, there's constant ads on the on the uh, and, and actually they're not factual. 
they they well, use as an example about the cost, uh, uh, the tax impact if you um, uh, sell your house. As this if, is the no side. Just yes, yeah. The no side has come out with this with the farmers, and you know yeah. that is not correct. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Uh, it, it just it just doesn't make sense that if you were trying to be a balanced uh, response to a to a legitimate question, or maybe you don't think it's legitimate, but at least be a balanced response. The information on the ad is not accurate. It's the same is true t- to some degree on the second question, which has to do with dental insurance. Right. And the fact is, um, until recently, uh, I talked. Uh, by the way, the fo- the past director of the the the. the the, the Dental Association is a Malden resident. Who is that? Yeah, I see her, her name is uh, Moriarty. Uh, I, I see her, c- c- the commercial. But they've endorsed, they, they have actually, it was interesting, there is a small split in the dental community, but the vast majority of them want the question in part because the money's going to get spent on them. Right. So that, that you know, and, and dental care, if you will. Yeah. And the, and the, it's hard to say we want, um, essentially, insurance companies make more money while they don't give. I mean, it's a it's a very tough question for the no people. You know, um, going back to question one, though, was interesting because there is some confusion. And and uh, if you're a listener right now and you have more than three million dollars in the bank and you're earning three million dollars a year, you don't want to be for it. But otherwise, the rest of us. Um, uh, the, the 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 amount of money that you Ed and I uh, you know pay on taxes percentage wise um, uh, is a lot more than people who make you know have been able to have the rules written that favor them and this sort of balances the 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 table a little bit as far as uh, you know I mean I I happen to have clients who are on the other side. Of this issue, that they're no because they make a lot of money, and I don't blame them. If I had battled, if I had four million dollars in the bank, and someone was going to take it away, I'd be mad too. But uh, we waited a long time. Even when you were in the legislature, the whole idea of of whether whether we should have a progressive tax in which we 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 accept the fact that if you make fifteen thousand dollars a year and you pay ten percent in taxes. That's different than if you pay ten percent and you're making one hundred fifty thousand. It may seem like a lot more, but how it impacts your actual dollar uh, is much different. And if you're making one point five million and you have to pay ten percent, it doesn't hurt you nearly as much as if you're taking ten percent out of someone making fifteen thousand. So we we've had in Massachusetts, as you know, going back to your days, the battle over whether. The taxes should be progressive, or whether they should be flat. And of course, that was the uh, my old friend and uh, uh, debating partner, Barbara Anderson. You know, that's we went across the state debating this issue for three years, and uh, and uh, the public. You know, it's very hard for people to conceptually understand why a progressive tax helps them. Um, and the other side's very good at making it seem like, oh my God, uh, that's wrong. It shouldn't be like that. Well, I'm gonna get. Unfair. I'm gonna give you another thought on that, and yeah. that is, even though most people are directly affected by that in terms of their pocketbook, because how many people among all the, I think there's one or two percent of Massachusetts, one percent maybe. One. Yeah, it might be potentially affected by it. Um, before the before the lottery drawing last night, there was eight hundred fifty million dollars in the kitty. If, as I understand, there was no winning number. No, no. And but if you had the winning number last night, I missed by one number. Pardon? I only missed by one number. What was that? The first. No, one? I'm joking. I'm the first number. Yeah. No. <laughs> the guy. To, anyway, uh, the uh, the thing I'm, I'm going to remind you of. At eight hundred and fifty million dollars, if you take the full, if you discounted value, because if you if you take a lump sum, you don't get the full amount. Because if you if you do take the uh, the payments, it's over twenty nine years. Right. So if eight 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 hundred and fifty million becomes four hundred and twenty nine million if you take the um, who wants lump that? sum, and then. You have a federal tax, which is probably I don't know, maybe thirty percent when you add in the various levels. So that's another one hundred and twenty-five million. And then in the state of Massachusetts, currently they'll take five percent. Right. 
But if this law passes and you happen to have the winning ticket tonight when it's the drawing is again, which is even now a billion dollars, um, you're going to pay a lot more money in, in um, taxes on your on your lottery. So you may be in that group after tonight if you have the winning number. Well, that, but again, and I know you're being you know sort of facetious. It's you've got a one. I think somebody said one in. One hundred thirty-two million. I thought it was two hundred eighty million. Yeah, two hundred eighty million, whatever it is. But I want to because it's an interesting. Again, I don't know if it's interesting for the viewers, but it's an interesting point that you make, and it it, it it's it's the phenomenon of the greatest resource for taxes in Massachusetts now is the lottery. People buy lottery, and I'll tell you two two stories connected to that. When when survey research started formally, the rope the roper polls were the original polls and right through when they started they always put in what was called a baseline question so you could always measure how accurate your survey was if the baseline question was way off you realized that you had a poor sort sample size and the question for almost 50 years was always the same it was um, uh, it was an open-ended question that basically said how do you succeed in America? And the answer was twofold. Hard work and education. No luck. From the, Not luck. Hard work and education. Right through to 1993. In 1993, they asked that question, and for the first time, the answer was not education, and the answer wasn't hard work. It was luck. Oh, and what happened is um, uh, when you take a look at, let's say, the regular lottery, the Massachusetts lottery, the with the tickets, the places that sell the most tickets are the poorest True. communities. Chelsea, in Chelsea East Holyoke, Boston. Uh, 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 down in the South Shore, Brockton, Lawrence, Marblehead, they don't buy the ticket. In fact, in Weston or one of those other W, don't even have a lottery station. Right. Yeah. Except when the thing gets so high that even those people say, you know what, I'll throw a bucket, you know. But the point is, is, is that when you're thinking again about taxation, um, it, it's the most regressive tax you can pay. Because if you're making a million dollars a year, the lottery ticket costs you a dollar. If you're making $10,000 a year, the lottery ticket costs you a dollar. So it's a terrible tax when you think about it. Try taking it away. It's absolutely wildly popular because people like to, you know, maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky and I'll be the one. And then they delude themselves that they were going to end up with the winning because they did a good deed the day before that and whatever reason. And beyond that, uh, again, there's maybe more information than people want. But the mo not only is it deluded into thinking you can win, 92% of everyone who wins a big lottery, meaning a million dollars a lottery, 92% are dead broke within four years. A what? A broke in four years. All the money's gone. Well, um, yeah, they, they, that could, and the part of the reason it was mentioned on TV last night, they, they said if you do win, don't tell anyone other than your spouse because your phone will ring off the hook. Oh, you got and, relatives and cousins. And, uh, and I give the story from years ago. Someone, my neighbor's son, uh, ended up in a incident. It wasn't his fault. He just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time at a bar in Revere, and he was injured. And they, there was a suit initiated, and he, and he won a settlement. And uh, he was waiting to get the final paperwork signed, and he had stopped by my office. And I said, if I can give you any suggestions or advice, I said, what you need to do is take that money when you do get it and put it in a CD or put it in Absolutely such a way that smart. you don't have access to it. So when the phone starts to ring, when people find out friends and neighbors, you won't be getting the calls about investing in a business or helping someone out with a loan. And uh, I said, that way you say, gee, I, I'd like to help you, but I, I don't have access to the money. And a few weeks after that, I happened to bump into him, and he said, that was great advice because I did get a lot of phone calls. And that yeah, wasn't you know, that it, wasn't a lottery winner. That was just a legal settlement that was of a six-figure amount. Listen, people have not sob stories, but true stories that would make you sob. Yeah. A kid has cancer. A mother's yeah. elderly. I can't get into nursing. Yeah. You know, and you want to 
you know, you don't want to seem like you're being cold hearted and particularly if it's a long time, a family member, a long time friend, whatever. And, um, that's why the money disappears. Plus people have a tendency to think I got lucky once, you know what, I'm going to get lucky again. And they, they, they literally lose the money by, re, re, you know, yeah, the, the yeah, state is yeah. never a loser when it comes to yeah, the lottery. Yeah. But by the way, my own, my own feeling about that question one is number one is that, um, I thought it was a one percent surcharge tax that you're going to be paying, but it's actually four percent. That the, the uh, if it passes, uh, and thing to keep in mind, the um, there's no checks going out as a matter of fact today for, for people are getting a refund on their state tax that they paid last year if they paid one, because the state, the surplus in this past year's budget was so much that it. it it if it was impacted by a law that was passed years ago that said over a certain threshold the money to be returned to the people. Well, what happened from the time that that became acknowledged by the the state and by the public? There was an effort made within the legislature to divert some of that money that was supposed to go back to the people who had paid the tax into another direction for for reasons of their own. It didn't get any enough. didn't get enough support to get any change. So the people that are going to get that. 14%, they're going to get it in full. But the state, as in any government, has occasionally said one thing at a particular time for justify or something, and then at a later date, all of a sudden, the exact opposite occurs, and the money that was intended for public schools, for mental health, for, dr for drug addiction, all of a sudden there's another priority or a shortfall that comes along, and the state puts the money somewhere else. The other thing is that people who are making that much money in the, as income um, oftentimes have very good financial yes. uh, help, uh, <laughs> exactly. accountants, tax return. And, you know, if you, had, if you were an executive with a company that was a Massachusetts-based company and you were hit with that and you were facing a, a huge tax bill because of the of the, let's say you were selling your company or there was a huge profit coming in and you would affect your income, all of a sudden you open up a satellite office in New Hampshire, your address changes to your summer home in New Hampshire, your car gets registered in New Hampshire, and you're no longer a mass resident. And on paper, because the checks don't come to Massachusetts where you were, you were previously based, the checks are sent to New Hampshire, which is, which is now your legal address. So Massachusetts doesn't get the car taxes don't get exactly. the state tax that they were getting and that, and that and there could be a lot of that especially for people who who do long range planning so um i'm going to vote no you do whatever you want because you don't have that much income i don't either but i still don't think well, in the long we're gonna run split. i'm going to vote yes um yeah even though um uh in part because i i am a again huge believer in uh everybody paying a fair share and there's there's you know, but I I can see a no vote. Uh, that is not one which I think it's crazy for you to to, to oh, vote no. So interesting. Well, but I I'm I'm a, I'm a yes on that. Question two is. Question two is about the the, the dentist. The dental and uh, I'm voting yes only because my dentist said to vote yes. So I I'm I, I'm leaning towards yes because the person that I spoke to that that knows the uh, the person from Malden who is uh, for, the former. State director of the nurses or, or the dental, so I uh, recommended to her, and yeah, she's done the, a commercial that I've seen since. Right. And so, um, so there's two yeses. On one first. of the things that surprised me a little bit: if there's so much profit being gained by the insurance companies that are insuring people, either as individuals or groups with dental coverage, um, I would think that the competition would result as in theory where you, you get lower well, premiums, but, but apparently not. But but there's so few companies. Well, you know this way better than me, you know, insurance. In some areas, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. In the dental industry, it's a very niched uh, market. And so, and the companies have interrelationships. So yeah. I'm not saying, I, I low be it for me to even suggest that there's price fixing going on. Yeah. But it does seem amazing how close the prices are to That's each true. other, yeah. and nobody seems to be coming in with a special for today. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, six cavities for five cents. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. no one's doing that. Yeah. Question three is the liquor, liquor one, and that's fascinating. No. You're voting no on that. I'm voting no on that too. Um, even though the Globe 
almost convinced me to go with a yes. I'm still voting no. I I I, I worry that we're gonna sh- we're gonna um, be in a situation where, you know, you the bigger the stores, the lower the prices, and all your mom and pop stores go out of business. I I don't I, I you know I'm not, you know I think that what I love about the Malden of my memory was all the little mom and pop stores that used to be on Pleasant Street. Now they're not here anymore. Everything's a chain. Yeah. Although I must I, say, yeah. I, 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 I like Lucy Insurance. I yeah. don't want to go to necessarily some big. Well, tell big your friends library. that too. Maybe yeah, right. But business I, I mean, I, it's not that Chubb is bad. Thank God that he got Chubb. But but and you sell Chubb, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 you know, the, the whole idea that we have. I have their stock, so I you know, there you go. <laughs> An underclass, you know, and you know where you really see it at in, in Malden, you know, is how few members there are to the Kiwanis Club and the Rotary Club and the Lions Club anymore. There's no more local small businessmen um, to join those organizations anymore. You know, it's really because they don't live in Malden. That's they don't the live part in of it. But they, 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 you know, if their business is in Malden, you think they go to the like they always yeah. did. I mean, Kiwanis used to, as you know, my well, dad the was demographics of the demographics all, all changed, change. and and I miss that, and maybe I shouldn't, but I do miss. I miss the fact that yeah. communities. Competed against and Malden, of course, had a had a, a Knights of Pythias and a Columbus Knights of Columbus, and you know there were sixteen places you could go. And now it's 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 how many how many service yeah. quote unquote clubs yeah. are there? And they well, used to do a lot well, of clubs. There's, there's the the, uh, the all the clubs are in are in existence. The, <laughs> just, however, uh, I'm a member of the Lions. Have been for many years. Wow. And. Uh, in my first year on the lines, I would venture to say at that time we had over a hundred members, and typically you'd receive, um, uh, as an attendance group, at a minimum fifty to sixty people at a meeting. And what was not to digress too long, but one of the things was you paid the dues a full year in advance, and that included your meals. So then with the lions. Uh, when you didn't go to meetings, the clubs actually benefited because when they gave the count to the to the, the right. uh, function place, they, all the people that didn't go were paying for meals that they, they, they didn't have to pay for. So the the actually the treasury gained a lot over the years that evolved to the point where the the, the dues was reduced, and then you only paid when you went to meetings, or if you said you're yep. going to sh- show up and you didn't, they might be assessed a, but, a dues. But Kiwanis, my, when my dad was was the head of Kiwanis, which is back in the early seventies. They, it was a huge club. I mean, and they would, you know, they'd go to the the local regional meeting, and there'd be eighteen thousand guys who are Kiwanians and Rotarians, yeah. and it's very again, you know, it's not good or bad. The world changes, and yeah. you can't keep it the way it always was. But I, again, on question uh, question uh, three, I think we both have agreed that yeah. it's probably a no. Yeah, and on finally question four. Um one other quick thing, though, with question three, I, I, we keep. Pre- I had a reason to uh, be up in Lowell one day, and I was going over to uh, to Methuen, uh, uh, Groveland, excuse me. So there was someone invited me to a cookout. So on the way over, I bought a case of beer, and I there was a sign in the window, um, and I, I think he smoked, he he he, uh, he drank Coors beer. There was a sign in the window, sixteen ninety nine or something for a case of Coors beer, and a big sign. And so I walked in and said, oh, I'll get the Coors beer. And I and I, I got the I got the beer, and I looked at the slip, and it was $19 and change. And I said, the sign in the window says sixteen ninety or something. And, and he said, oh, well, he said, the landlord, because the, 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 of the crack in the window, what it is. So it was, but I'm thinking to myself, now, that was almost like bait advertising. But sure. anyway, that might be the, the, I don't think that would happen with those uh, large supermarkets that, that, no, that, that sell beer. But anyway, no. that's a. Uh, Question four is the uh, immigration. The uh, right. That's an easy one, and and for you in particular, do, do the, in the in the in the business that you're in, if I'm out, if I leave the studio and I pull out and a car hits me, and the person who hits me doesn't have insurance, guess what? I'm screwed. <laughs> well, you're not totally well, because you can get collect off your own insurance. Sometimes, you know, the yeah, but they have. they have a limit, right? And if and you have the, the coverage. Right. And and the idea that you know, we we I'm for shock many people. I am for increased immigration. I think the 
dumbest thing that we've done in the last, both Democrats and Republicans, have not understood how desperately we need bodies. I, my, uh, the person who shovels my walkway, because I'm in my 70s, um, uh, called up and said, I got to let you know the good news and the bad news. Uh, the, the, is this in Spanish? No, this is a guy who's been my person for, for, for the entire time oh. I've owned my home, 40-plus years. Oh, oh. But his workers, <laughs> you know, tend to be guys who, you know, come over. And they're legal, but they're, you know, they're, 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 they're as our great-grandfathers and grandfathers and in some you cases fathers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you, the way I get audited, you've got to be out of your mind. Um, uh, no, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, and he also has a huge, his brother and he have a huge. Landscaping. Landscape. And in the wintertime they do the, but anyway, the point of the story is he called up, he said, we're taking the number of, of businesses and homes that we're doing down to 17. He, the guy must have 80 accounts, 17 people. And he said, we're keeping you because you've been here for uh, for the whole 40 years and you were with my father and all that. So you're going to be okay. We're not taking any new clients and we're giving up our company because they can't get people to come out and shovel snow. Yeah. I can't get a kid on my street. When we were kids in Walden, yeah. who didn't love a snow day when you could go out and make money by shoveling some little old lady's walk for, yeah. for, for $2? Yeah. You can't get a kid to shovel and you can't get people to shovel anymore. And you keep if you the 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 story two weeks ago and, and if I were a candidate running against a governor, Charlie Baker today, or or running for governor, um, the fact that nursing homes uh, are shutting down because they can't get people to do the scut work, uh, the cleaning up, the, the changing of the diapers, all that. We have it in the schools. We can't get people to do. Uh, people would rather be janitors than teachers. It's there's an insanity there that we seem to have forgotten that you need another class of people to come in to do the jobs that your children won't do and my daughters won't do. So you're voting yes. I'm voting yes, 100 percent of that. Okay, and then I'm going to ask you some quick questions about state, other states. Okay, Georgia, the winner. <sighs> It's easy for me to say too close to call, but I think what's going to happen is on election day, it's going to be 49-47 for Warnock, 48 for Warnock, with, with 2% going to the third candidate, and we won't know the, the the answer to that till December. I think that's decided in December, and the Senate is held yeah, up until just then. Just to remind the public, in Georgia is one Walker. of those states that you have to get 50% plus one of the total vote in order to win an election, and if it happens that in November you get less than 50 as it happened two years ago. Correct, both then you, races. Then you have to have an, a special, another election after that, which came, at, which part the Democrats probably won because uh, the former president who has not le as yet left office told his Republicans stay home, and they did, and, and, and anyway. But but it, it's, gonna, it's a very, I saw polling data today, yeah. and... Um, uh, it was between two and a half and three percent for Warnock, but he wasn't at fifty. Okay. So my gut, my guess is he wins, but he doesn't get the fifty. Uh, one, uh, two quick things. Well, we could, we only have one minute left. Oh, wow. one, one is that I'm amazed that the Herschel Walker as a credible can, can, he is an incredible and and uh, viable. I should use maybe not that's credible. a better word. And the second thing is that I'm, I'm also uh, can understand how other. Uh, Republicans in other states of national prominence have gone to Georgia to campaign for them. But that's the hatred. Uh, this is the ugly time we live in, Ed. Right. And it is an ugly time. And right. it scares me. I'm sure it scares you too. In Pennsylvania, Fetterman. Fetterman hangs on and wins that seat. I'll be surprised if he does win. You know, it, yeah. he's got that. But, but a lot of that was baked in before the debate. He lucked out in part because there was a significant vote out of Philadelphia early. Well, we'll see what happens. But it's, but it's closing but, down. Boy, but, is it ever closing yeah. down. I think that the, the debate may have made the difference in the but one I, debate he agreed to and he hadn't done that before and he did and uh, he left but, some people concerned. So, But I'll tell you the one that, that, that the Democrats got a problem with is they're going to lose Nevada and that's bad. That's the Democratic seat that's going right. to go Republican. 
And I think that in North Carolina, where the Democrats really had hoped they had a shot with a woman named Beasley running against a guy named uh, uh, Bud. She's running a great race, but I think the Republicans hold on to that, too. Well, stay tuned. Just made it. Wow. (laughs) 